Conrad Pickle, and on this episode of American Reef, we're heading back over to Mike Paletta's for an update on that sunlit tank. on over to Mike's. All right, let's do a quick recap. Number one, the very first video that we did, we showed Mike kind of setting up this 90-gallon tank in a sunroom. And when I say sunroom, basically, if you can imagine an addition to a house with basically glass on three sides, with basically a cathedral ceiling and skylights up there, right? So there's plenty of light in this room. The idea, he wanted to grow corals without basically needing any additional light. Now he did put some Kessel Blues on there, again, more to kind of highlight or to pop, you know, have those colors pop when he's kind of watching the tank, but not necessary to grow the corals. Um, from there, basically, we did two updates, and those two update videos, I believe, were mo one month after another, where as this tank was setting and becoming more established, we'll call it, he started having problems that he wanted to try to rectify. One of them, for example, is he added much more flow to the tank because the problem that he was seeing is he had more detritus and algaes growing on the bottom. So he added some tonsies on there and, and tried to increase that circulation because ultimately the idea there is, again, keep those solids in suspension until they're exported and um, from there to try to eliminate some of that. And then in the second video, what he did, he basically he started dosing calcium and alkalinity with Kalkwasser, with that little Tunzi reactor, right? Um, he had an auto top off anyway, so this little reactor made it simple for him. And again, while the corals are young, he's able to do that. So what we've done now is we've kind of picked this up another month after that to kind of see how he's making out. And to kind of cut to the chase, uh, all isn't well in paradise, so to speak. And so Mike is going to do some more changes to see if he can kind of compensate for, you know, some of the issues of trying to have this tank in a sunlit room, you know, without, we'll call it, traditional lighting on it. Just a reminder, if you are new to reef keeping, you can check out my other 250-ish kind of videos that exist out there, and there's just tons of information there. Um, I've got a few on YouTube. Most of them, we'll say, or a majority of them are on kind of iTunes, right, as far as podcasts, as, and you can use, uh, again, your podcast app to access that for your iOS device, uh, or you can use Pocket Cast if you're on uh, Android. Um, and from there, uh, you'll find out that you'll find probably 50-ish episodes per season there. If you want to check out, again, the other kind of 100 and change, uh, what you'll see is my Reef Tutor video series basically has three seasons. We are in season four now. Um, and seasons one, two, and three are archived. To get to those, you'll have to go to AmericanReef.com and subscribe to the 
Reef Tutor channel there. Uh, again, it, it, what those series are from an archiving perspective has been years of going kind of behind the scenes at like zoos to kind of local fish stores, how they order coral, how they, you know, pick up coral, you know, those kind of things as far as, so it's a different perspective on kind of coral, saltwater tanks and maintaining systems. And again, very valuable, at least in my opinion. As well, if you're looking for one of the best fish foods on the planet, check out my American Reefs HPD. Again, you can go to AmericanReef.com. Bottom center of the page, you'll see a link there that says, click here to order HPD. So with that being said, let's head on over to Mike's now, and let's see how he's making out trying to solve some new issues. This tank has been somewhat disappointing for a couple of reasons. Hold on, hold on. How many months are you up? This tank has been up five months now. Right, and so you're coming out of summer in Coming out of summer into fall, and disappointing for a couple of reasons. One, the Acros and the Montipras have not done well in this tank, and I attribute that primarily to too much sun for short periods of time, that is a week, two weeks, when it was absolutely bright as can be here, and they were getting 1,250 par a day, right. and I was lazy and didn't put a shade cloth on them. And then we go into days like today when they're getting 200. Right. So the inconsistency, I mean, one of the things we always talk about is stability. And for the most part, we take it for granted with lighting. But when it comes to sunlight in western Pennsylvania, there is no such thing as consistent sunlight. So as a result, I'm probably not going to rely on lighting from the sun just to take care of this tank. I'm probably going to upgrade and go to a couple radions over the top or some other nice LED system that will shade at least partially the tank, but it will still will get some sunlight, so that will help. But having a bigger fixtures on top will also cut down into my light hitting it sure. whenever it's sunlight. So I'm gonna try for the best of both worlds that way. Obviously I'm disappointed, but I'm not shocked that that didn't work. Uh, it's an experimental tank, as I've, I've stressed, the fish have done well, some of the corals, like the euphilias, the chalices, the things that are down at the bottom that like to be shaded and only get an hour or so of light have done fine. It's the corals that were at the top that were getting four, six, eight hours of sunlight didn't do that well. Right, right. Well, they died, so it's about <laughs> as unwell as you could do. The other disappointment in this tank is I love the, the Tunze's pulsing, and they keep the detritus off of the top, which are basically flat rocks. Yeah. But the problem is I get a ton of detritus in a very short time settling at the bottom. And even though I have a little small pump there, it doesn't keep the detritus in motion enough to be taken out by the overflow box. Right. So that's why I'm looking forward to putting the smaller gyre in here. It's the 130 that I had downstairs. Have it blow the detritus out. And I know we're going to capture it as soon as I put it in, because just in the week since I've taken the detritus out, a lot more has settled in. So you're saying that the tritus on the bottom is only one week old. It's only one week wow. since I siphoned it. Wow. So it's a significant amount of detritus because basically what is seemingly happening is any detritus that's up here gets blown off by these tons of pulsating and then settles at the bottom, which right. is what you would expect. Right. Uh, obviously, I tend to overfeed. The fish are fat and healthy. So sure. it's, it's good that way. The next thing is to improve the corals. And what I might do to not have to worry about the consistency is when I add the new tank in the other room, I may move the soft corals out here. So this may be a soft coral tank where I'm not quite as worried about the lighting because the soft right. corals tend to tolerate a little bit more variability than do the SPS. Sure. So in that regard, that's what the, what the next changes are. So well, for right now, what I'm going to do is actually twofold in terms of changing the water motion. One, I'm going to take the little pump off the back and put the gyre in, and two, 
I'm going to take this uh, little mag drive 5, replace it with a mag drive 7, but I'm also going to increase the flow moving around to keep the, the trice hopefully in motion longer to get sucked out by putting a C-swirl 1-inch movement Got system it. on the tank. So between those two, actually between the three, the Tunze, the C-swirl, and the gyre, I think this tank will be more successful just by having the detritus settle out. Sure. Because even though there aren't that many fish in here and there's very few corals, I'm still getting a, a fairly high buildup of phosphate fairly quickly. Now, a couple things. Number one, you mentioned to the viewers about, again, the new tank. Let's just kind of set that up just a little bit. What are your plans? In other words, that explain the tank that you the, have. The, the tank that I have is five years old. It's a, it's a nice 70-gallon tank. It's a soft coral tank. Well, it's not five. I think it's four years old now. And to me, I haven't put the kind of time into it because a soft coral tank to me is just sort of there. I mean, people like the motion, but it's not the same as an SPS tank to me. It doesn't create right. the amount of excitement. Right. So I think if I put that out here, it'll still be a pretty nice-looking tank. But there, I'm planning on getting an Elos tank. And when I get an Elos tank, it will, one, be the nicest piece of furniture in my house. And yeah. two... Does that mean you just have shitty taste? Or I have a bad taste. I'm a man who bought his own furniture. Right? Okay. Ikea is my friend. Okay. So... What, we're, what I'm planning on doing is replacing that tank, putting a really nice Elos tank in there, which if any of you were at Macklin and saw the Elos tank or saw the pictures of the Elos tank in Reef Builders, you saw how beautiful that tank and the stand and the entire system is. I'm going to replace that system with the Elos system, which is going to be a future video, and we're going to have the nicest tanks in the main room of the house instead of hidden. Because right. one of the things that we tend to neglect is aesthetics, which we're going to talk about in the next video. Sounds good. Okay, so that's that tank, and you're going to put those corals in here. It'll be softy, and is this going to be too much flow for that? I don't believe so. I mean, most of the soft corals, just like the stonies, like flow, and they tend to move and sway. Okay. So as people like the movement and the swaying, sure. I may have to drop these down because some of those soft corals have gotten fairly big fairly quickly in that tank. Right. So I may have to lower these down an extra four or five inches just so I have room for them. But for me, I still think it'll be a nice looking tank. Okay. Although you can tell you're still going to have issues on this side of the tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the uh, gyre moved a lot of water motion in here. But the problem is, is that it has moved it just one way, and I'm still accumulating detritus in one corner. So what I'm thinking of doing is moving this pulse and having this blow down, 
And needless to say, that is having the effect I want. That is getting all the detritus out of the corner and hopefully blowing it over the top. It's going to take time for this to occur. That's amazing. That is one week's worth of. Yeah, obviously I've been feeding this tank way too much. <laughs> What's interesting is the clam has done well, some of the SPS have done well, and some haven't. It's just uh, randomness, more or less, but also where the light strikes because it changes over time in this tank. It's not consistent, right? as you would think of with a, a typical home tank, right, right. and that's the problem, consistency. So this would be interesting, but now I'm going to upgrade this pump as well and increase the flow within the tank, which will hopefully remove even more detritus. Right. And you said you're putting a Mag 7 on it? Yeah. So you just, right now, put the gyro on and you can see detritus floating everywhere, right? Yeah, you can see a ton moving. Now the question is, how do I get it over the overflow? Right. And the key is I'm going to increase the flow and I'm going to increase the movement across. So once it hits in the water column, it's going to get blown into there eventually. As long as it stays in motion for a longer period of time, sure. eventually over time it'll get sucked out. I have filter sucks in the bottom. You know, I'm probably going to have to change those more often <laughs> initially, or right. if I, unless I slow down feeding, which probably isn't going to happen. Right, but. right, right. So and it, that's where C-Sweep or C-Swirl, no, it's the multi-swirl, right? Yeah. In other words, you can do multiple heads or, or whatever. Right. Okay, and then you're putting a Mag 7 on there. Right. And so that Mag 7 is a lot more pressure, so you're saying, in general, well, see, I mean, I'm hoping that the overflow box can handle it because it's handling this quite easily. Yeah, I think that box handles 1,500? No, about, and that runs supposedly 13, 14, but I don't trust what anyone's yeah, 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 says yeah. they're putting out. So it's going to be interesting to see how much better this does or doesn't do. And you have a valve to shut it back, right? <laughs> I have one. I didn't put it on, but if I need to, we, we will put that on next to, to slow it down. Okay. So initially we're just going full bore. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. So I'm not gluing this in because I don't know exactly how I want it to look or if I want to change it. So. Actually, they have one. That's... So if I want to put this in and make it direct, I can do that. Because this will just snap in. Sure. Or if I want more broader flow, not, you know. Right. And now the swirls have been around for a while, right? At least 10 years. He's always improving them. He's, he has the best customer service. I mean, if something breaks, he fixes it. I mean, I, Ed has done a great job with these, and there's really been nothing to replace them. I mean, he's had, for the most part, no competition, because he makes a good product, it's reliable, and he has good customer service, and that's pretty much all you want. Yeah, I know how I've had the one on, uh, I got that Tang Tank. It's been going seven years, never broke. Have you had any issues with your ones downstairs? Nope. Nope. Perfect, every day. Yeah. So now, since that pump's going to be in the water, yes. why do you even bother putting Teflon tape on it? It just makes it easier to take things on and off. There we go. So I try to make things easy now, so if I have to do something later, they're easy then. So 
see how easy it goes on. When you're running plastic to plastic, it's like Yeah, sometimes you get that I try not to And then you're gonna crack it. Yeah. This way it's nice and tight and I don't have to worry about it. And that's how life is. Yes, everything's going to need to be glued down in this tank. Yes, it will. And it is filling up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. We're gonna car start going over. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. was a success the pump put on a lot more water motion uh, unfortunately the overflow box couldn't handle it but in testing the overflow box part of it is is that the pump that is drawing the air out of it is no longer doing so mm -hmm. so it may be a function of it too much flow for the overflow box which is part of it but also that the overflow box has a big air bubble in it so okay. we have to take care of both of those things it's always everything mm -hmm. when you're testing I should have tested that ahead of time but I'm too smart for my own good, and I thought, hey, there's no problem, it's been working fine. But it was working fine when it had a half-inch amount of flow coming up versus a one-inch amount of flow. Right, right. So you're looking at about two to three times the amount of flow going through here. But in terms of flow throughout the tank, it was a success. So the next step i got to do is, one, make sure the air bubble in the overflow box is gone, and two, put a valve on here so I can control the flow now. Now let's also talk a little bit about when you cut the power, the back siphon occurred, because for new hobbyists... Right, and that will overflow the bottom, flood the bottom, so then the power kicks on, it's going to hit the electrical circuits and burn down your house. Mm -hmm. So, needless to say, that's probably not a good thing. Right. So what I am going to do is I'm going to cut a hole in the pipe here. I'm going to drill a hole in the mm -hmm. pipe here, so that whenever the power does shut off, and I'm going to test that, the water won't black backflow. I have used the backflow valves, but unfortunately right. they don't work that well. They tend to get accumulated with detritus and uh, carbonates over time, so they don't work. So what I'm going to do is just drill a little hole here. It'll increase the flow blowing out, so it all won't directly come out of the, the main tube, yep. which isn't a big deal, but I'll have the water stop approximately here, because that air going in will shut off the siphon, hopefully, if I drill a big enough hole. Right. So it's probably going to be uh, an eighth of an inch, maybe a quarter of an inch hole, mm -hmm. which isn't huge considering the amount of flow here. But it'll stop the siphon from drawing everything out of the tank down to the bottom. 
which would bring this pretty much close to the top there. <laughs> or a little bit over. And all you need is that little bit over to cause massive yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go get the valve now, put that on, and then we're going to clean out the box, and then we're going to test it again. Sounds like a plan. If I was smart, would have had sitting here knowing that I was going to be putting too much water into the tank. Yeah, so let, yeah, let's recap. <laughs> Meaning that you plugged in that pump and then you realized very quickly that the pump was putting out significantly more water or putting significantly more water into the tank than was the old pump. So it was time to improve that by controlling it a little bit more. And why would that have been an issue, Mike? Because it would have overflowed the tank and flooded the room, which would have been a bad thing. <laughs> so what we're going to do next is, what we're doing actually right now are two things. One, we're preventing overflow from the pump now when the power's on. And what we're gonna do next is drill a hole in here to make sure that there's not an overflow when the pump is off, which is, i.e., when the power goes off. So that was the other thing when we hit the power, a back siphon occurred and starts filling up your sump. Yes. And it would have filled it up probably by an inch over the top, which would have been bad because then the bottom of the tank would have acted as a reservoir, and there are electrical things in there, and saltwater electricity, when it came back on, would have led to potential fire. So this is why whenever you do any kind of plumbing, Test to see what happens when the power is out. Right. I mean, nobody tells you that. I mean, you, most right. people have common sense, but most people don't realize that if the power is out for an extended period of time, which fortunately doesn't happen that often here, but it can be very problematic. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to drill as near to the top as we can here, and we're going to drill it at an angle coming down so that what happens is when... The power does go out, air will draw in here, so we have to do a big enough hole, so I'm going to do a quarter inch hole, mm -hmm. so that when it, the water get, level gets to here, it'll draw in water. It'll still fill up the sump to a fair degree, right. but it's not going to overflow the sump. So and we're going to test it to make sure. So the next question would be, is there anything you can do, because when you start putting more water in your sump, your skimmer that's going to run. Your skimmer's going to overflow, but my skimmer is sitting inside there, it'll overflow but then hopefully I'll be around or someone will be around to recheck it and recalibrate it. So I noticed you also put a hose clamp on the top 
connection as well? The reason being is that salt water tends to cause rubber to shrink over time. Mm. So usually when I'll be away, I'll find a pinhole leak yep. on rubber tubing. I, don't, I try not to use rubber tubing unless I really have to. I pretty much hard plumb everything in. It's a little bit higher than I would like, but it's fine. Okay. There's still a vortex, which okay. means it's not coming up. Basically, this overflow, one can handle a lot because it draws the air off, but there's also a little mini pump that just constantly draws the air bubbles out of here. Mm -hmm. So you don't run the risk of air bubbles causing a break in the siphon and your pump drying up, or your, your siphon drying up and as a result overflowing the tank. Now it's time to test to see whether shutting off the pump doesn't flood the house. <laughs> okay, so let's see. And there goes the overflow up. See if the overflow start. Mm -hmm. I can stop from this end. No, I can still see it trickling down here. It's a trickle. Mm. It's getting less and less. It should stop and and it stopped. Yeah. So the key to that is one, drill it low enough or high enough to stop the siphon so you don't overflow this. Two, clean it out. Yeah. Once a month or so, because Stuff tends to accumulate in there, and if you haven't plucked, plucked, cleared it out, that's easy for and for English-speaking friends. If you haven't cleared it out, what will happen is it will act like it's a closed air hole, right. and as a result, the siphon won't stop, and you will get the flood. So, key thing: it's not. It'll take you 30 seconds. Take a drill bit and just clean it out once a month or so. Or particularly if you're going away, even for a long weekend, because for whatever reason, that's when problems will happen. As soon as you leave the house. What was your goal and do you think you're going to accomplish it? My goal was to improve the water motion in here dramatically so I didn't get the detritus accumulating to the same degree I did in a very short time. Two, not even have it, not just on the bottom, but have it stay within. So by having the sea swirl blowing water across the top as well as the tunsies and changing one tunsie so it blew across the back corner, there are no dead spots in this tank now, which is rule number one. Two. When I put the corals in it, there's going to be a lot of movement, particularly if I move the soft corals in here, which is what I'm probably going to do. So it will still be a nice looking tank. It'll be a much easier maintained tank because the stability because of the light changes is not going to be as much of a problem. Okay. And so what we'll do is we'll come back in another month or so and we'll see... If we'll see how the changes and how yeah, it looks. That's right. And again, at least you know the floor won't be over flooded, right? Yeah, that's the key thing in life. Thank you don't you want to tag going from the second floor to the first. <laughs>
Always thanks, sir.